You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you today? I'm really good. How about you? I am good. Also, we, uh, we, we're at the end of the end of the fantasy season. I can't believe it's here. We've got one more week of NFL regular season. Hopefully, hopefully, if you're listening to this, your dynasty league is not playing next week. Uh, we know the final week of the NFL season, which this year is week 18, is always so tough to predict. That's why we stay away from that. Uh, it was a big conversation about what week 17 would be like this year. And, of course, there was so much parity around the league. Uh, so few teams had clinched playoff spots. Uh, I, I don't think any had clinched uh, had clinched buys, I don't believe, going into week 17. So everybody was still playing. Uh, all teams fully motivated. Uh, and and we, had a, we had a pretty good week of football. Oh, we did. It ended up being not hit too hard by COVID, which has been a massive thing the last couple of mm-hmm. weeks as well. So I did feel like the, the championship week for fantasy went well enough. You know, I mean, should have any excuses. Of course, uh, the the week was really highlighted on, on an NFL front by the Antonio Brown news. And, and this is not really dynasty related. Obviously, Antonio Brown's dynasty value had been, I would say, climbing all season, even though he missed some time with injury, uh, it, it felt like he was back and, and he was a, a real, uh, a real dynasty asset, even though he's, uh, an older wide receiver and Matt, he, he just did the Antonio Brown thing again. And, and I want to ask you, of course, you cover the Steelers as all of our listeners know, and, and have done so for many years, you've covered Antonio Brown for many years as a result of that. And even though it's not necessarily dynasty focused, I've got to start with this sure. just because I've got to hear your opinion on it as as someone who's uh, been been relatively close to him over the years. Yeah, and we did talk about this Monday on Peacock and Williamson, and I'm certainly all open to give my insights on it. And I've been around AB here and there. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, so a lot of my information is secondhand, but it's really good information. I mean, a lot of people I know and trust have been around him a lot and tough upbringing as many um, NFL players have experienced. That's not, you know, unusual. And um, I'm sure that he isn't the most trustworthy fellow from what I understand. A lot of that stems from his upbringing. But the one thing I wanted to highlight with him, and by no means am I making excuses for him, because frankly, looking back, the way Tomlin and the Steeler organization handled him for all those years without incident, or at least public incident incidents, and getting as much production out of him on the field, as many wins as they got, you know, the killer bees and all that, is pretty commendable looking back on it, because no other coaches, Absolutely. you know, I mean, it's a feather in Tomlin's cap, to say the least. But... I mentioned this again on the podcast yesterday that if he, there was a massive collision that people probably remember between Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown, where he was not cold. And many people said that is a changing life event for AB. And two ways. First of all, like a lot of these young men, he thought he was invincible and 
you know, work. He's the hardest working guy I've ever been around, by the way. I mean, so it's not like he's just drifting through this football thing as a side thing. He's an incredibly hard worker, and he's very good at it, obviously. But when he got hit by Perfect, I was told that was the first time he realized his mortality. You know, that, boy, this football thing can be taken away from me in a heartbeat. And, hmm. you know, the, the not for long thing of the NFL resonated with him finally. And a lot of these players, you know, they play fearless, and that's one of their strengths as a player. But a lot of people also think that there was some sort of damage done to his brain. I mean, I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But if you just, I'm sure people have done this, if you just isolate that hit, all the incidents before, which are none, basically, and all the incidents since, which are many and crazier than the next, and every stop he goes seem to reoccur, there certainly could be something to that. Uh, It is... You know, when you hear that, right. When you hear that perspective, it certainly is. It's sad for the individual. It's, it's scary for, for the league as a whole and for, for, for these players, um, that it could, it could turn like that. And of course, over the years we've, we've had, uh, violent incidents, including suicide, including mass shootings of, of former players and CTE is, is, if not to blame, it's it's at least always brought up. And mm-hmm. Demarius uh, Thomas just passed away way too young, and you know, right. So I don't know. Certainly, something we we hate to talk about for different reasons. I, I will say, Sunday initially after the game, it seemed like all the blame, including including my own thoughts and my own comments on on the DLF Dynasty podcast and on Twitter, were basically putting all of the blame on Antonio Brown and you know that it's that it's just another another issue that he, that he's dealing with or that he's gone through or brought upon himself but on Monday we did hear kind of some other the other side of the story that he wasn't necessarily healthy that the team was trying to or the coaching staff was trying to make him play even though he didn't feel he was healthy and we we don't know if you know we don't know if, if any of that's true honestly and and it it may not matter at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that, uh, at least based on everything that has been reported, Tom Brady has really been AB's lifeline uh, in this league over the past couple of years. He's the reason Brown got a chance in New England. He's the reason Brown got a chance in Tampa Bay. And, uh, of course, that chance has now ended. And you have to think we'll never see him in the NFL again. I agree. I mean, he had the greatest quarterback ever vouching for him. And even Arians came out and said, you know, we're not signing Antonio Brown. Then eventually they do. And, you know, they never really got like he signed on onto that move. But, hey, the quarterback wants him. He's bringing in Gronk and it's a lot of his guys and we'll, we'll go with it. And win a Super Bowl. You know, that worked out great. Um, I can't imagine another player saying, hey, I put my, my uh, you know, reputation behind him. Or a GM going to an owner and saying, all we need to get over the top is this guy. Because, you know, boy, he can still play, but he's also not young. And I, I think his playing career is over. Frankly, I still think he's a Hall of Famer. I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, there goes his Hall of Fame induction. That's not how the Hall of Fame works. I mean, it's just what you put on the field. And what he put on the field is a Hall of Fame product to me. Um, all those things being said, 
I, I can see both sides when you hear about, you know, hey, your ankle, he didn't practice all week, and we're not going to put you back in, well, then get out of here, you know, or however it was phrased. And the other aspect of it, too, is Antonio had some incentives he was about to hit. If he sticks around and plays the rest of this game and the next game, he probably hits them, isn't going to get those now. But I'm not defending him. I mean, what he did was stupid and childish and, you know, psychotic. Yeah, yeah, sad sad story for sure. Matt, after the break, we'll move on to some Dynasty news and talk uh, talk some Dynasty transactions as well. Hey, everyone, this is Matt Williamson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Uh, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Uh, just do- download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play right now. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus of $0.25 cents per gallon on your fill-up. That's that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Uh, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catches here involved. So the cash back gets added right into your account. You can you can cash out anytime to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon. Just download the free Get Upside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Thanks so much. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Matt, we are back. It is Tuesday. We're talking some dynasty transactions. And of course, our, our point of view changes a little bit here as we are uh, at the end of the fantasy football season. This is really our time of year, right? It's it's yeah. the dynasty time of year. Uh, over the coming weeks and months, we'll be talking about free agency and uh, we'll certainly be talking about the 2022 NFL draft and all of the players that will be a part of that and will be impacted by that draft, including veterans around the league. We do have a couple of, of stories I want to hit on before we talk about some tight end stashes. Sony Michelle had another big game for the Rams. Uh, this past week, we saw Daryl Henderson land on the in- injured reserve after his injury uh, back in week 16. Uh, Cam Akers is active uh, or has been activated, I should say, but has not been active on game days. Uh, we don't assume he'll play uh, in probably not at all the rest of this season, including the playoffs, but certainly not before the playoffs uh, at the earliest. So this is, this is the Sony Michelle show moving forward for the Rams. And I mean, this guy's revitalized his career. We, we were certainly calling him a bust. I know I was uh, the former first round pick of the Patriots who never really got it going in new England. Uh, moves over to the Rams and has has been a real asset for them. Is he someone that you see as having long term dynasty value, knowing that Henderson and Acres, uh, or at least assuming Henderson and Acres are going to be back for the Rams next season? This is a tough one. I mean, I'm curious what you have to say for sure. Obviously, I mean, I loved him coming out of Georgia and. I bought him up in a lot of rookie drafts and paid up to get him and was disappointed, of course. I mean, he was a bust and still will never reach those heights. You know, I mean, this month has been tremendous, but he's, you know, we're not going to call him a a, a dynasty RB1 that I thought he might be coming out of school. 
But I also think going forward, he's going to be a lot better than the Carlos Hydes of the world, you know, that just kind of drift around and get spot duty. Um, Akers, to me, is a better player, a more talented player. So I want Michelle. I mean, he's not over the hill, you know, in terms of dynasty, you know, way of looking at. It. I think still think he's got a, a fair amount left in him, although he's had some injuries over his career too. I don't think you can get a ton for him at the moment. So he, I guess he's a hold. I mean, I'm kind of dancing around this one. Yeah, it is. It is tough just because, like so many players that we'll talk about, we don't know where they're going to land. Uh, he is an unrestricted free agent, I believe. I think so. Uh, Again, with Henderson and Cam Akers there, if if they do get uh, good news on Akers, if if the Rams feel good about his health status, you have to think they're probably not willing to pay Michelle what he I might be think. looking for. Uh, so you think he's probably going to a new home. We know the running back market in general is, is not strong around the league when, when those players are uh, hoping for big contracts. Um, so I certainly think Michelle will will get a job. Uh, I, I don't know that he's going to go into a team uh, and, and be handed the starter job at all. I, I don't think that's the case. But I don't think it needs to be for him to have dynasty value. Again, we've we've talked about it on here before. We've if we've learned anything from this year, it's that we need running back running back depth on our dynasty rosters, and and he's a great depth piece. This is a guy that was on waiver wires. Uh, throughout this season in, in different league formats. I, I scooped him up off the waiver wire in a 25-man roster uh, just just a few weeks ago, really, before he took over that job. And I know he helped me to get a couple of wins down the stretch. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, maybe he'll have a market kind of like Jamal Williams a year ago. You know, Yeah, I think I think that's a great uh, comp as far as uh, player value on the on the free agent market. Sure, you know, like I mentioned, Carlos Hyde. Like with Robinson's injury, maybe he's a real nice compliment to ATN. Or hey, the, my Steelers could sure use him behind Najee Harris. Or yeah, I mean, there's spots that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, the the you mentioned the Jaguars. They go from what felt like uh, riches at the running back position with with ETN and and James Robinson to now. Uh, both of those players having some question marks, uh, both short term, uh, short term meaning uh, beginning of 2022, uh, but both short term and long term. Without question. Trevor Lawrence, where where are we at on, on this guy, Matt? This was the, the locked in 101 uh, in the NFL draft and super flex rookie drafts. Uh, I, I was valuing him and ranking him as a top 12 uh, dynasty asset in super flex leagues before he even stepped on the field. I mean, we, we know all the, uh, all the, the goings on in Jacksonville, the coaching staff and, and losing uh, weapons, losing pieces uh, to injury or, or what have you, but it's just been, it's been bad. It's been really bad really this bad. year. Um, we've got to, we've got to keep some hope for Trevor Lawrence for sure, but not knowing who the, uh, the, the, Offensive coordinator, the head coach is going to be um, some uncertainty still uh, with with ETN with Lavisca Chenault. Are, are these going to be quality uh, players and, and weapons for Trevor Lawrence? So many things up in the air. Uh, I, I certainly think we can say that Lawrence has been overvalued. Uh, the question we have to figure out is what is going to be his value moving into uh, the offseason? 
See, I think he's a massive buy low, and it's been bad, really bad. Uh, and I, part of me thinks, Williamson, you should have seen this coming, because I right. very much believe, and this is very dynasty relevant, that I'm putting my money in quarterbacks that go to good situations. Mac Jones to New England, you know, things like that, where I trust the landing spot, the organization, the coach, as I like to call it, the nest that the baby bird lands into, you know, and build a nice big nest for that guy to a soft landing. And boy, his nest was on fire from the beginning. And mm-hmm. it's not getting any better. His supporting cast is terrible. I didn't expect his receivers to be this bad. I didn't think his line would be this bad. And his play has not at all been good. One of my favorite new people to listen to, I guess he's not that new anymore, is Nate Tice, who's Mike Tice's son. He backed up Russell Wilson at Wisconsin. He actually was at Pitt a couple years after I was. Really knows his quarterbacks and X's and O's. And several times I've heard him say, holy cow, I still think Lawrence is going to be awesome. And I'm with him. I still think he's going to be awesome. But what I don't trust (laughs) is Shad Khan, who... Mm is going to keep the same GM, Balky, who no one's going to want to go to. You know, like, what haven't... The Giants and the Jags, to me, this is just a total side note. Do these organizations have any clue what they're doing? And yesterday on Peacock and Williamson, we were talking about the Jets, the Texans, the Lions. They would kill these two teams right now. These two are bottom of the barrel. And, oh, by the way, over the last five NFL seasons, they've lost the most games in the NFL. Like... Can I trust the Jags or Giants to do anything right? Yeah, and I think I think both of these teams are examples where you can uh, link it all back to the ownership. Right, right. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen it in other sports. We've seen it in the NBA. I've talked about it on here before. The Knicks are are a great example of this, and uh, those those poor folks in New York are now dealing with the Knicks and the Giants in in similar spots. Although the Knicks Knicks are getting better, are finally start finally starting to overcome their their ownership, but. Yeah, it's just so frustrating because it doesn't matter the players you bring in, the coaches you bring in. Um, when when these owners are still the ones making decisions, it seems like uh, everything is cursed. So I think you're totally right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll just see if Trevor Lawrence can overcome that. I, ultimately, I agree with you. I I do. I am starting to see his price fall. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, that is, uh, seeing the ADP fall, seeing the. Uh, trades be certainly uh, more realistic and, and reasonable. Uh, so I'm I'm with you. I think he's a he is a buy low, and and we'll see if that price gets low enough. Real quick, last player. I'm sorry, I know we have a lot to do here, but I thought the same thing about Joe Burrow too. You know, when he went to the Bengals, they were a perennial loser, never spent money, new head coach, no one ever heard of. Great talents, I guess, can overcome it, but it's just harder, just harder. Yeah, he, Joe Burrow certainly has. Last player I want to ask you about, I guess similar to the Sony Michelle uh, Both have discussion. Been yeah, Rashad Penny uh, tore it up for the Seahawks against the Lions in, in this past week. Uh, we've talked about him before. Impending free agent, former first-rounder, just like Sony Michelle was, uh, former first-rounder for the Seahawks, has never really uh, – paid off that that investment that the Seahawks made, mostly because of injuries. Now he's healthy. He's got the chance to start over the past month or so, and he, he's really blowing up at, at, at the perfect time for him. He, he's right. hoping to cash in. 
I would think he would be gone from Seattle. What do you see as his future? And and think about NFL perspective. Who has more value on the open market, Penny or Sony Michelle? Yeah, that's the angle I was going to take, too, is just comparing both of them. They're both free agents. Both are former first-round picks. Both have gone crazy in December here, just at the right time. I don't own Penny anywhere. I think we talked about him a week or two ago. I didn't love him coming out of school. Total opposite of Michelle. It was my Mm -hmm. thoughts of him as a prospect. But I bet somebody will look at him as a top 32 back. I mean, I don't know who. I mean, could he be this year's Mike Davis or, you know, something like that. I'm just thinking about free agent comparisons like we did with Jamal Williams. I think I'd rather have Penny because I bet he lands in a better situation of the two. But he's a sell for me. Yeah, they would. uh, Penny would be a sell for me as well. Uh, Don't trust him. I don't know, though, uh, kind of like you said with Michelle, I don't know that the price is, is there yet to really make that worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Matt, when we come back, we'll finish up the show with some tight end dynasty stashes. Bet online as you cover this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football flails. Uh, Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus, 50% on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON, all one word, all caps, and that re- that's how you receive the bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing to UFC, uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 and beyond seasons. You know, uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we will conduct a dynasty value study for Amon Ross St. Brown, the red-hot rookie for the Lions. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Matt, we've been talking about dynasty stashes over the past few weeks. We talked quarterbacks. Last week we hit running backs and wide receivers. Let's finish up this discussion as the offseason really begins with the tight end position. Your favorite. We'll see if we can find some hot young tight ends. Hot young tight ends. My favorite. Tommy Trimble, the rookie for Carolina. We really thought he he might blow up. Uh, Carolina uh, made a trade, traded Dan Arnold earlier in the uh, in the season. That left Trimble and Ian Thomas, and uh, Ian Thomas has, had, had kind of you know gone down the the wrong path as far as his dynasty value. Never really lived up to uh, expectations. So we. We kind of expected Trimble to, to take that leap, but it never really happened. Uh, probably mostly due to uh, to Carolina just being terrible over the back half of the season, but uh, Trimble being a rookie didn't help. And I know this was a guy you liked through the uh, through did, the off yeah. season and, and the and rookie scouting process. Are you still hanging on? Oh, yeah. And this comes with a bit of warning. I, I do have a weakness for hot young tight ends, and you have a nice list here put together, and I'm looking at all of them like, oh, I'll stash him on the back of my roster. And before you know it, you're like me, and you got eight tight ends on your roster, and you can't start any. So don't fall into that Williamson trap. 
But this is one of my favorite. I mean, who knows what the Panthers are going to look like. But I think the trading of Arnold indicates that Tremble has certainly passed all the tests. I like him as a blocker. It doesn't sound like a big thing, but he's good on special teams, which means coaches like him, which means he gets opportunities that others don't. So I think he'll be their number one tight end next year. You kind of alluded to it there with the tight end position in general. It's funny because it feels like that position is the easiest one to find players that are interesting stashes, interesting players to take a shot on. But it's also the... It, it, I think it might be the lowest ROI. It might be the lowest uh, percentage of players that actually become something. Uh, Once upon we'll a time, see. though, Waller and Kittle were these guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. And, but, and Logan Thomas. Right, and, right, right. Right, right. Uh, Harrison Bryant. There's also a uh, lot of names you could mention that don't turn into Waller and Kittle. Absolutely. Harrison Bryant, one of the trio of Browns tight ends that, that get significant playing time. David Njoku, I believe, is a free agent. Is, yeah. That could lead to some more uh, more playing time for Harrison Bryant. Still has Austin Hooper there. Uh, we'll see if he makes it through the offseason. He's got a pretty massive contract. Could be a cap cut. Maybe Harrison Bryant has this job to himself. We'll see. Thoughts on Bryant? Uh, probably. They live in two and three tight end sets, though. So right. even if Hooper's gone and the Joku they lose, they'll probably use a second round pick on them or whatever. I mean, they they can't be buyers anymore. Their cap's a lot different than it used to be. But he's a good enough player. I mean, I'm lukewarm on him. Yeah, uh, Donald Parham, of course, the Chargers uh, tight end who who suffered that uh, scary injury a couple weeks ago. He's on injured reserve now. Uh, of the names we'll mention, he's probably the one most likely on a roster. He was actually um, yeah, he borderline, yeah, borderline startable if you were really desperate there and was sharing that job with Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook is uh, always a, uh, a, a risk of being uh, cut as, as a veteran who's hung around forever. Uh, so Parham, uh, assuming he is fully healthy, could have that job to himself next year or at least, uh, at least be the leader uh, in that tight end depth chart there. Yeah, I think he probably will be. And hot young tight end with a hot young quarterback that have some rapport with each other. And Mike Williams might be out of the mix, you know, for tight end jump balls in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with that. Five more guys here. All of these are rookies. I'm going to throw them all at One you. One stands once. out to me. Okay, that's what I want to know. I want to know who it is. John Bates of Washington. Uh, we've seen him play a little bit as they've dealt with injuries there to, to Thomas and, and Seals Jones. Hunter Long is behind Gasecki. Gasecki, I believe, is a free agent. Noah Gray in Kansas City has gotten a little playing time. That's another team that likes to use two or three tight ends. Of course, Kelsey, obviously the, the superstar there. Kylan Granson, uh, we've not seen much of him, but he's the Colts' uh, third stringer, I guess. Mo Cox is a free agent. And Brevin Jordan of Houston. I think it's Brevin Jordan that's your favorite. Am I right? Clearly, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. dislike any of the names you put here, but Jordan to me has a pretty easy path, all things considered, to being a weekly starter in fantasy. I mean, he fell in the draft because he's undersized. He's a move tight end, but catches a football on the run and makes plays, and he's flashed this year. Uh, I, I think Jordan's somebody that you might want to pursue now because I think his stock's going to rise. And Jordan, is, uh, as you mentioned, is, is kind of come along at the uh, back half of the season. 
The bad news is that means he might already be on a roster in Probably. your league, but if he is not, he would be my number one target of all of these players that we've talked about. Uh, most of them rookie tight ends. Would he be your number one guy as well? Yeah, Trembles going? too, but it's not even a 1A, 1B. I mean, it would be Jordan. Yeah, for me as well. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.